Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey everybody, John Manuel and Hudson Belinsky here with you at Baseball America and our Facebook Live here at, uh, on our Baseball America Mag Facebook page. Uh, obviously we're all decked out, as usual, in our baseballism gear. Uh, I wanted to remind you that uh, all of our podcasts and Facebook Lives are sponsored by Baseballism. Uh, Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit their retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, Scottsdale, Arizona, and their new locations in Chicago and Atlanta. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off of your order. And Hudson... uh, Today is also a great opportunity, if you don't already subscribe to Baseball America, to subscribe to Baseball America, either online at BaseballAmerica.com or to the magazine. Especially online today, Two hundred, uh, our list of top 200 is out for the 2017 draft. About a week from now, we'll have the top 100 scouting reports. A week after that, another 100. A couple weeks after that, the full 500. Mox, so it's crunch time. We, we got everything coming, and it, it's sort of this whole year long coming to fruition, and now we're getting these really thorough breakdowns of, of these players, and we get the full picture. And it's the class is starting to crystallize a little bit. Teams will have meetings in the next few weeks, and they'll start to really tell us where they fit. But right. the class is starting to crystallize as far as who these guys are as players. I, I think, Hudson, every year you could write, if you were writing this uh, overview of the draft class, you could write, that's a bad draft, there are no players, can't find players. I feel like we've written that story, but the thing is you could look back at these drafts, and I was like, oh, they were players. They were major leaguers. So I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go into that boat. I will say that the the consistent and I think the complaint that makes the most sense that I've heard from scouts and evaluators about this draft is the lack of separation. That there haven't been as many players who came into the year as projected potential top ten picks who've stepped forward more. There's been a, a steady line, maybe a slow progression, but there hasn't been a guy like say. Last year, uh, Nick Senzel, who made a really big step. He had a great cape. You were hoping he'd make a big step, and he made a big step. He wanted to be the second overall pick. and Improved the his highest. defense, yeah. showed a little bit more thump. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I would say to this point <clears throat> this year, the guy who seems like he's done that the most remains Brendan McKay, even though he was the top guy on the po- college side as a two-way player and was already one of the more accomplished players. was a consensus top ten pick coming into the year feels like he has made the most strides and the biggest jump forward of anyone who's supposed to be a top 10 pick. Is that a fair way to kick it off? Yeah, I mean, you I mean, it's a hard one because, he, like you said, he's already in there. And, like, the same thing if he said, like, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, the past three weeks, has looked like the Kyle Wright you wanted to see. But he's still two and three before that four-something ERA. That, that, like, that, that's to your point. Yeah. Like, those, those guys in the top 10, like... And this is what's going to happen when you're talking to those people who who make those decisions up top. Their job is to pick everyone apart. Right, exactly. Right? But at the, at the end of the day, Brandon McKay is still ranked number two in our class for a lot of really good reasons. This yep. is a guy who's, who's left-handed. He's got uh, a plus fastball or an above-average fastball, right. consistent low 90s. He's, uh, he's got a plus curveball. The, the worst I've gotten on it is a 55 this right. year. He's got really good command, pitchability, mound presence. Pitches, pitches inside to his glove side as effectively as I've really – not like I've seen a billion – I'm not a scout. I haven't seen a billion amateur left-handers. But we do have over the last like 10, 12 years from Andrew Miller through David Price and Brian Mattis and Carlos Rodon and you know, these other – 
uh, Chris Sale. These are the premium uh, college left-handers who get drafted really high. Out of all those guys, Brendan McKay locates the fastball better than better than any of those guys. He probably has a little bit less velocity than the rest of those guys, but he locates the fastball inside and pitches inside effectively more. I would say his fastball probably plays as well as any of those guys we just I just talked about at the amateur level. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the how much better it can get at the pro level. That's that's a big question. Yeah, and then and ultimately, like, how much better does it need to be? Right. right. Like, I mean. We don't like need to dream on this guy being a number one starter. That's right. that's not going to happen, right? Really. Like this guy, the the appeal of Brandon McKay is that he is what he is, and you're you you know what you're getting right away. Like this, and and sort of the uh, some of the criticisms of him are that he doesn't have that front line ceiling. Correct. He's, he, maybe he's a number three starter, not a number two, or maybe a future number one. But he's high probability. Yes, it's, it's extremely high probability, and and you start to think about like. Who the best college baseball players are? I mean, I think I was talking to a coach last night about this, and he's like, "Yeah, this guy might be the best college baseball player in the past twenty years." He's definitely the most on his way to being the most accomplished player in the Baseball America era. Um, that's the phrase I always use. He, uh, if he becomes the first team All America two way player, which is not guaranteed because Adam Hazley, among others, having a great year. He'll be a three-time first, three-time first-team All-American. That hasn't happened since Greg Swindell, who, uh, you know, coincidentally is one of the players that McKay is uh, compared to is Greg Swindell, so yeah. physically. Yeah. Um, but the only other person who did that is Robin Ventura. So those, so he'd be the most, again, among the most accomplished players in college baseball history. So uh, mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, I think for that level of certainty that that pro scouts see of him. He's ahead of these other college pitchers right now, Hudson. Let's go part of the class by part of the class and take some questions. Mm-hmm. The college pitcher part of the class, is it fair to say, because I would say the college pitchers, if I'm grading them on a 2080 scale, they've been a 50 this year, and I was expecting maybe plus out of the college pitchers. I'd probably go 55 on them. Okay. I mean, just relative to, like, last year, bad college. The last two years, really. The last two years have been brutal. My, my first two drafts here... Not good college Not good. pitching classes, no. so I don't, I don't necessarily have the same feel for the fourteen or thirteen classes. Yeah, I, you know those are more. I was more localized in my coverage right. of the draft. So from a national perspective, this is way better than fifteen or sixteen, and I think it's deeper, is what it is. Like there is good college pitching depth. You're, That's in, still in the true. second round, you're going to you're going to be able to get a good college arm. I the, mean, you, I think the matchup that you saw out west a couple weeks ago, Griffin Canning and Luke Heimlich. Oh yeah, that's a great piece of evidence for that depth. Two Pac-12 pitchers who came into the year, I would say that they were both going to be single-digit picks. That we thought Canning maybe would be like a second-rounder. Heimlich wasn't necessarily on my radar, but I knew he was kind of like at a 6-10 to 10 kind of range, depending on what kind of year he had. Those two guys both have a shot to go in the first round now. And Heimlich is coming up on the outside. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to use a racing term, I'm not even a horse racing guy, but he has had as good of a spring both in terms of performance and production and, and, and then – scouting side of it as any college pitcher in the country. Yeah, I mean, I love Luke Heimlich. I really do. Like, the, the, what you're getting with Luke Heimlich uh, is, is a really good athlete. He's and number 31 on our list. By the way, ahead of Alex Lang at 32, a guy who, I think, coming into the year, we thought could be a first five overall, first 10 pick. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's also, like, there's ways to think about it, right? Like, the way I sort of think about it, like, we have to do a list, right? At, right. At, at a certain point preseason, we have to do a list. 
But the way I sort of think about it is we have a group together at the top, and Alex Lang is in that group to begin yeah. the year. Tanner Houck is in that group to begin yep. the year. Alex Faedo, uh, Kyle Wright, Bernie McKay. Yep. Luke Heimlich was not in that group to begin the year. Correct. Right now, Luke Heimlich is arguably in that group. Yeah. And, and the other one... Uh, you know, like this is like a guy who's pretty much ready to roll. Like you, you don't, like you don't right. take him and think that you're going to make him super, super much, like a lot better. He's he's high probability number four starter. Really, really good performer. Really good fastball command. Really good athlete. Extension, deception. Kind of a long breaking ball, but really good breaking ball command. Yeah. Um, didn't see much change up, and apparently that's sort of the. Uh, cons- consistent. Block, yeah. I mean, and and that, that that comes to another thing that we we talk about a lot with these college pitchers is their pitch usage. Yeah, and and how how they're called. They're called. Yeah, and and it's if you look at Alex Fajardo, thirty-five to forty percent sliders. Yeah, JB Bukowski's same forty percent, fifty percent slider. And you know, like a lot of pitches outside of the zone. Right. Things like that. So it's. It's maybe not necessarily indicative of what they're going to be and how their style is going to be when right. when they make the adjustment and they're asked to go get big leaguers out. But at the same time, you have to project a little bit, which whenever you have to project, you're a little bit less comfortable in your evaluation. That's a good way to put it. Uh, the, the less projection involved, the better, and that's why McKay is toward the top. There's less projection involved there. So when I shake Luke Heimlich's hand and my my hand's bruised for a week because <laughs> the, the dude grips my hand so damn hard, the, and and his his hand swallows my yeah, hand, yeah. and I know this guy's throwing like five changeups a game, like you got to project a little bit when you're talking about an athlete with really good fastball command. Mm-hmm. Like some of those things, and, and, and the makeup, like. Coaching staff raves about Luke Heimlich. Right. Talking to Luke Heimlich, a very smart, analytical kid. Uh, you know, you kind of, like you feel a little bit more comfortable projecting in those cases. And and I think the the big one to discuss in terms of makeup right now. And yeah, Lanana wrote the story on 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 Clark Schmidt. Mm-hmm. It's it, like you're thinking I was going a different direction. Well, you but, have, I was going to say you have two different ways you can go on the makeup part of it. You have Clark Schmidt, who just had Tommy John surgery, but just three years ago we saw Jeff Hoffman. Eric Fetty, it's two recent examples of college right-handers who went in the first round with, despite Tommy John surgery. Both those guys had a little bit more stuff than Clark Schmidt. And, uh, and it, sounds like, it sounds like I might not have given Clark Schmidt enough credit when he, he first did have surgery and because I didn't necessarily think of him as a top of the class, but I talked to a few scouts this week who were like, yeah, he was trending up. Like, would not have surprised me if he went in the top 10 to 15 picks. We, we, have, so we have 36 right now. Before he got hurt, he was... 15 on the last iteration, I believe, I of this? He, I think he was 25 in the ranking, and then he uh, his he was moving up, and I think you put him 15 to the Astros in the muck. Okay, that's what it did. So, so it did. that, I mean, but then you talk about makeup, right? Yeah. Like, there are kids who are going to whine and are, are going to be self-promoters when they're playing well, and then you, you can't really feel comfortable projecting on Like, they mm-hmm. have to grow up a little bit. Like with this guy, like it's gonna be a, a tough process. That's a difficult thing for a right. kid to go through. But they, you got everyone raving about his makeup. Mike Lennon has done some really good reporting on his makeup. Mm-hmm. So like you have a little bit more confidence that that guy's gonna be able to overcome his challenges. And then you have to. We do have to mention the Seth Romero. That's the other X factor in this. The pitcher at uh, Houston suspended for a violation of team rules. I think we know what the violation was, but there's no point reporting on it because. It's not public right now. It's still a, it's still in college. Let's respect uh, we'll respect the young man's privacy to it. Sure, but 
it's going to hurt him in the draft because Hudson, this guy was, again, trending up and uh, talked to a scout who was at his alley the other day, 94-96 for two and a third innings. Yeah. I will say that uh, him giving up a double to Bryce Johnson of Sam Houston State helped get Bryce Johnson on in our top 200. Because yeah, <laughs> we, we, it just got him back on our radar. We knew the tools, kind of a five-day round range, but then when you bear down a little bit more, it puts him in there. And that's a, so, A, the wrap-up on like how much you think Romero's makeup issues will hurt him, and B, let's segue into the college hitter class. Has that been on that 2080 scale? Yeah. I feel like the college hitter class coming into the year, I thought it would be a 40. I actually feel like it's more like a 45. It's been a little bit better, I think, than it was expected to be this year, and guys like Brent Rooker and the way Keston Hura has so, hit, some of those guys have made the class better than I expected. I thought it would be a well below average or below average class. So I guess first to wrap up the Romero idea, I talked yeah. to two scouting directors about him in the past week or so, and everyone's scrambling to figure out what exactly this is going to mean. Like, is he going to be available in the 20s? Right. I don't think so. I think I somebody's going to just bite the bullet and say the stuff is the stuff. And to me, he's, he's very left-handed. As a guy, as a pitcher, to me, he's very similar to Brandon Finnegan from three years ago. And I think a little bit better chance to start, a little bit better delivery than Finnegan. But I think he goes right into the bullpen. And and there's there's immaturity, and then there's bad character, right? Yes. Which and so that that's, very difficult that's, to know. That's the homework from that, here. that that these these teams are doing right now. Yep. Is this is this a guy who's going to grow up and be when he's a man, 25, 26, like going to be more mature or? Is there a character question? Yeah. So that's that's what's what you're figuring out right now because those are two very different things very as far as taking a player and giving them millions of bucks. Um, and then to move on to your your, yeah, your college, 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 hitter, college hitter, the the things that we have had in the two classes that I've been here, we've had top of the draft guys, and we've had some middle of the diamond guys, and too. we've had SEC performers. Yeah. You know, we've had. 15, 2015, a really deep college shortstop class. It's still, yeah, it's still, Last year, a good college catching class. Right. Good this call. year, neither of those. Neither of neither those. Neither of them. So, I mean, for me, it's a firm 40 because you have you have guys who can hit or who are performing who aren't really tooled up or don't have great defensive profiles. And then you have Jaron Kendall who's tooled up but is hit swinging questions. and missing a ton. So, like, oh, by the way, a feature on our site today is on Jaron Kendall. You can check out. The Panda, yeah. yeah. So, like, it, to me, is still, like, a weak class. And you wrote the column last week on it. There's still guys who are going to go really high because they're college hitters and they're safer. Adam Hazley. I love Adam Hazley in this draft class. Like, Adam Hazley is just a really good player. Though. Right. Like, he's he's not – no sevens, but I don't think there's any fours either on him. And I think uh, Logan Warmoth is a similar kind of player, not, not quite the performer that Adam right. Hazley has been. But – um, Logan Warmoth, if, you, if you're in on Logan Warmoth because you, you think he's a bag of, of 50s, 55s, maybe you put a 6 on his arm. You know, what he does really well, arm strength-wise, is throwing from different angles. Yes, and he's got accuracy with that arm strength. And body control, yep. and really good hands. Like, And another, you want to talk about another makeup guy, him and JB, really high makeup guys right. on that Carolina team. Uh, can't attest to Miller as much just because I haven't done I haven't done the work on that, but he is also the one who's who talked the re- well about. Yeah, the guy was the recruited walk on who's turned into this is usually you usually don't do that with bad character. I mean, yeah, that attests well to, to yeah. him as well. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's I'm sure it's good. I have nothing to indicate right. otherwise. I just but, don't know as but much. But you're right that the strength yeah. of the college class and a lot of the guys outside of Hazley who've kind of emerged are guys like Hura, who are already kind of a guy, or Berger, but those are cornerbacks or a DH and Hura and who knows what he's going to be yeah. in pro ball. 
And then it's the Rooker, it's Diekman from LSU. Um, there was other kind of cornerback. Oh, uh, I'm already blanking on who the other cornerback was. Who was right around? Oh, JJ Manajevic, Drew Ellis. So it Gavin is Sheets, the, the, uh, so the lack of at- Gavin Sheets has a lack of athleticism in the college hitter class that does. It's a definitely below average class. It's really how hard you want to hit it. I guess I'm giving it a little more credit than I probably should. It's been a little bit better than I thought it would be. Um, the high school pitcher class, though, Hudson, this was, you know, the last... So I might disagree with you on this, because I, I think it's a solid high school pitcher uh, Oh, no, class. I was going to say, I think it is. I okay. think it's a solid average pitcher class, and I think, actually, the high school pitching class is trending in the right direction. All the attention gets hoisted onto Hunter Green, um, and he asks for it because he throws 102 miles an hour. <laughs> when you throw 102 miles an hour, you get a lot of attention. Um, so let's put Hunter Green to the side right now. That's a whole other show. Yeah. The rest of the class does appear to be gaining steam, whether it's uh, Enlo, who was a preseason All-American that started slowly, whether it's Sam Carlson from Minnesota, who as he's gotten into gear and as he's played more games has really been very good. I like the direction for the class the high school pitchers are headed in. Matt Sauer. Matt, Matt Tabor, Sauer. Uh, yes. Alex Scherf throwing a no-hitter the other day. Like they, there are... This is very encouraging for the industry. Yeah, I mean, the the thing, and this is a story I wrote uh, for the magazine a few months back, is like, this is a deep high school right-hander class. Um, the high school righty demographic, one of these ideas is that the opportunity cost early in the draft is, is too high to, to gamble on, right. on those in, in a lot of cases. That's another reason why college bats move up. Those first 15 to 20 picks. And, and the depth yeah. of them. So we talk about it. So like we talk about a guy like Matt Tabor or, or some of these athletic uh, taller guys like, uh, like a Stephen Jennings or a Michael Mercado. Yes. Those guys are going to be there when you make your second pick. Those guys perfect, guys like that. Those are perfect second or third picks for an organization is a high ceiling uh, high school right-hander and, or high school. And arm. those players improve at a higher rate. Or, or And if you take if you use a less risky uh, pick on them, if you take them in the second round, third round, fourth round, 11th round, and, and give them a little bit more money later, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if you take them later, you might end up, because of the, the rate of change with those kinds of players, right. you might end up with nothing. You might end up with a player that's way better than he was valued at the time of the draft. Right. So, like... You don't necessarily have to go target that guy with your first pick in the first round. So, like, and I think that's sort of like you see them grouped together in our rankings, like because there are, a lot of them fit the same descriptions. You could be they hot, flashed, big velo, yeah. flashed off speed, aren't consistent, need to get stronger, need need to improve their breaking pitches. But you could see a high school right hander run being pretty prominent. That could be the most prominent demographic from 20 to 60 in the draft. 25 yeah. to 60. Yeah, and so, and I think somebody will just bite the bullet and and, and uh, take on the risk in the teens. I'm not sure who's going to do that, but when you look at But they would do it on Shane someone Boss, like Shane Boss. Sam Carlson, yes. Matt Sauer. These ones who are really trending up, who it doesn't look like are going to be there when you pick next. Right. Those ones, like, and especially like with Sour, we're getting John Lackey comps on him. Right. Multiple John Lackey comps on him. 97. Two plus breaking pitches. I'm hoping he has less negative body language than John Lackey. But obviously, you take the (laughs) negative body language. If you get John Lackey performance, yeah, and durability, I, yeah, I haven't seen Sour this spring, but he was was absolutely fine last summer, and, and that's that's the other thing too. Like, 
we talk about these guys popping up sometimes when really they're all in the same category, right? Like, right. Like Matt Tabor is a guy who is a really good athlete, a little bit undersized, quick arm in the summer. Really and quality then, arm strength. And he's 88-91, and everyone's like, eh. And I'm <laughs> like, well, he's really athletic, and he's got a quick arm, so let's not write him off. And then here we're seeing it now. Or, or, or um, Sauer is like that to a lesser extent, quick arm, but like a really long arm action, like full arm circle, a cross-body finish, a little bit of a head whack. Skinny guy, but a good 6'4", 180 frame in the summertime, that is. He's mm-hmm. a little bit thicker now. But showed you like a, a flashy, like a long three-quarter breaking ball, and now it's now it's a little firmer. And he's got he's, throw, he's throwing he's throwing a, a slider in the mid-80s and a break and a curveball. And he's got feel for both. He's flashing. You're still a long-term pick there because you're, you're going to have some things you're going to want to fix with him probably right. mechanically. And he's going to get stronger and continue to fill out and he might be really, really interesting in two, three years. And so you might not necessarily be able to get a player exactly like that if you don't do it at, say, 15 or right. wherever, it's, wherever he's going to end up fitting. It's going to be hard. To, and then the thing is that there aren't high school hitters filling this void either. I mean, I know we, did, I, we kind of skipped over Mackenzie Gore a little bit on the high school pitchers. We'll talk about Mackenzie some other time. But uh, the high school hitters, I mean, Hunter Green wants to be a high school hitter, but he's, I mean, he is a high school hitter now, but he's not really going to get drafted as a hitter coming into the year, I think we thought that Royce Lewis could be in that mix at number one overall. I think that's still possible. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Like uh, that's, that's that's the one. Like, so you have a high school shortstop who could go first overall. I can say he's, he's been okay at shortstop. So right. Like that. That was one of the uncertainties uh, about him. And you'll find guys who don't think he's going to stick there. Right. But I think like when you just talk about how his feet work, his and another incredible like off the charts makeup like if we did the best tools for makeup he'd probably be one for me right like him jordan adele like and the high school side these some of these really really high character high work ethic individuals so like if if his issues are at shortstop or maybe you don't love his hands right like that's something that's correctable whereas you can't really teach foot speed correct like this guy's like a 70 runner like with big power, hit a walk-off home run to, on the last day of the Boris Classic. His high school coach Brett Kay, who's seen a lot of really good players in the yes. Mission League, yes, uh, or is that the Trinity League? I think Trinity that's Trinity League. Trinity League. Um, that's high school. Said, said, said he's the, the best high school player in the country, and when he said that, Hunter Green was right behind him taking ground balls at shortstop, getting warm for the next game. Right. So like. That's his opinion. Obviously, he knows Royce better, but he's also a quality evaluator. So that means something when Brett K tells you that somebody's the best player in yeah, the country. Definitely had that had that reaction last fall from people with the USA team as well. So yeah, Royce. So it's, it doesn't feel like it's a great year for high school players up the middle position. Why? Feel like the deepest position is high school outfielders. But I didn't want to bang on the infielders without giving Royce Lewis his due because if he says a shortstop, he might have the number one overall pick. But the high school outfielder yeah. class—that's a very risky demo as well. Um, but it feels like it has the requisite number of toolsy potential five tool. Yeah, uh, I'll talk it's just typical, really, isn't talking it? Talking to uh, a, a, an evaluator friend of mine about this last night, and it was just like we had talked about this like six weeks ago, and it was like, well, in about six weeks, ask me again, and maybe this this high school outfielder class will start to crystallize, and we'll have a clear understanding of the hierarchy. And so I was like. Last night I was like, remember six weeks ago when we talked about that? Right. Has that happened? He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't really no. happen. Yeah, it's it's Bubba Thompson too was one that 
Uh, I think he's 21 or 22 right. on the list. Helio Ramos from Puerto Rico. Yes. I mean, like Bubba Thompson, though, this spring, really good attention that he's gotten. And he has probably a little bit better wood bat track record than a Jordan Adele and, or Austin, Austin Beck, Beck who, who doesn't have that last right. summer being injured. Um, like Bubba Thompson actually made some good contact at East Coast Pro, was not as maybe not as authoritative contact at area codes, but PG National, East Coast Pro, like there's plenty of wood bat track mm-hmm. record there. He's got um, a lot of video on this guy. Yeah, I mean, this, they probably have track man data on him with a wood bat that they um, just don't um, have. I'm I'm guessing yeah I mean also the you have uh, at, at uh, area Pro. codes they didn't have TrackMan this year they had FlightScope right. and FlightScope had some some challenges out there as right. they were starting to get starting to get off the ground so I'm not sure as much uh, like is that everyone has but this guy's gonna be a workout warrior right like this guy might we might like start to hear in a couple weeks like oh man Bubba Thompson had a really great workout which is what you'd expect from a guy who's like a 60-70 runner right. who's showing like plus raw power right now the uh, other That's one a guy like, who'd be a star to work out no question Ramos Hel- Hel- Ramos ran a 6-4 on the workout day of the excellence tournament on Tuesday night uh, I think he hit 7 bombs out in BP still struggling struggled a little bit uh, getting pitched around yesterday um, we'll see uh, uh, I have a lot of good good sources down there so I get three or four calls down there at the end of the week Um, see how that sort of leads his draft stock Um, but then you have Drew Waters switch hitter from from Georgia who's if you went in on the right day and saw this guy showing power from both sides running plus uh, Cole Brannon uh, a 60-70 runner a guy who's Showed some pop with uh, with wood bat last mm-hmm. summer. Hit hit one into the ivy to the opposite field at Wrigley Field in the Under Armour All American game. You have Quentin Holmes. Yes. Quentin Holmes is like we have six one sixty reports on this guy. That's as fast as I've ever heard. Yeah, that's laser timed <laughs> and might have been a fifty five yarder, but still really fast. Still really still fast. really fast. His speed his run time's down a little bit this spring, but you got that's another exceptional makeup. This guy would probably be on my. If we had to do best tools, I'll make a Belinsky team. Oh goodness, I love Quentin Holmes. I, let's I, take let's take some questions yeah. and wrap up this way because we've already uh, gone about a half hour on this Facebook live. Thanks everybody for joining us. Could talk all day on we Quentin could. Holmes. Yeah, I've, and all I've got guys. Uh, and Matthew Dow, uh, David on Twitter asked me any chance Bukowskis Beck or Adam Hazley gets to the White Sox at eleven. Uh, I think yes. Bukowskis, Beck, or Hazley? Adam Hazley. I think yes. I think maybe two of those three could be there at 11. Uh, that's the thing. We're talking about this uncertainty at the top of the class. Wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked if any of them got there. I would be pretty surprised if Bukowskis was there. The other two I could see happening, um, but Bukowskis I think Beck, there's too much love for right now. Beck might be to, the most likely because when you get in the room with the general managers and all these kind of things, like if you're really measuring Beck and Bubba Thompson, they have similar tools in a lot of ways. And you have more history with Bubba Thompson. You might have a little higher grades on Beck, but you have so much more history on Thompson and so much more wood bat track record. It's, so you could that, see a guy like Beck go five or four. You could see him slip to 24, 25. That's just what happens it's that with total high, certainty, right? right. Like you, you, you're gonna like each team's gonna put these grades on these players, right? But like, say you have a, a hypothetically you have a six uh, future grade on Austin Beck's bat. Your certainty, if you're grading the certainty on a Correct. two to eight scale, is 30 or 40 right so, whereas like you might have 
you might have a 55 on Bubba Thompson, hypothetically. And you might have a, a 55 certainty on that. Because right. you, you've seen him a lot. Or even just a 45, he'd be a grade and a half like, better than your back certainty. So that, that's that's always the question. With And then, so like Adam Hazley, you might have a 55 or a 60 on his hit. And you probably have like a 60 on your certainty of your evaluation right. in his hit. So right. like that one seems like so safe that it's unlikely for him to really fall too far. Like I've, I've even heard like rumors of, of him in top five, top ten. Like there's nothing's gonna be surprised. I'm like he might go really really high, and I'm not gonna be surprised at all. Uh, right. Bukowskis too. Like Bukowskis, we've had a lot of discussions about Bukowskis or that starter reliever question, and that's that's not gonna go away until he's. It's the essence of the that, evaluation that means in the handbook when he's somebody's number one prospect. That's going to be a paragraph, right? Like a debate about him being a starter or reliever. The things I would mention about JB is he is short, but he is not small, mm-hmm. and he is athletic, and he is young for a draft eligible junior. Like he, all those things are true, I think. So, so I think that if you're going to try to project him a little bit, I think those are some things that will give you a little more comfort comfort in projecting him another high high makeup guy yeah so yeah let's go a little lightning round alan pollard jr this is a hard lightning round question does this concern does it concern some teams that hunter green is shopping teams he wants to draft based on their philosophies maybe his headstrong attitude could be of some concern to teams i would say that him stopping pitching early is of concern to some teams but i would say that's just more of a symptom of the overall way that it's been handled the perception of the teams but that all it takes is one team, and then once he gets into pro ball, he starts building new perceptions. The bottom line is, I do think that he's a high character kid. I think that he is uh, exceptional talent, and I think he's going to be drafted pretty high. There is a chance that players like this slide Hudson, but short version of your yeah. Hunter Green answer, it does appear. I know that's hard. It does appear that him sh- shutting it down early was ex- a expected. B doesn't help his draft stock or status. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things like people like to like to complain about these guys and pick them apart, right? Right. And and you, if you have an issue with them shutting it down, fine. You know that that's that's, that's a legitimate right I, I thing. Qualm with this guy. At the end of the day, the talent's going to be the talent, and and somebody's going to just say, well, I don't really care. The guy's throwing a hundred, and we think we can. Get his breaking ball to a certain level. Um, so, I mean, it seems to it seems to me from from my reporting is that the Reds may be the highest team on Hunter Green, right? And and also the team he's least interested in playing for, right? So, so that's that's an odd confluence for Hunter Green. So we'll, we'll see. Thirty nine I mean, days to see how that I, works out. I think out. there's a scenario where he does slide a little bit, like even in, if there's a scenario where he's not a top five pick. It's going to depend on the money of it all, because there there's going to be a deal somewhere here. There's probably going to be a, a lot of deal yeah. somewhere here, maybe even at one one. So you look at it that way. It's hypothetically, Pavin Smith goes one. Hypothetically, right? Say, do the Reds take Brendan McKay, right? And then do the Padres take Green or Mackenzie Gore or Royce Lewis, right? Right? And then if uh, if the Rays are hypothetically really big on Kyle Wright or Bukowskis. Is Green there at five? Right. Is Austin Peck going to be the pick at five? Right. Like, there's there are a lot a, of scenarios. There's a scenario where this guy who's number one on our, our rankings right now is not a top five pick. So that's... 
Happened last year with, all, with uh, A.J. Puck as well. Very different reasons, I think, but very different players. And, and even Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis was 11th overall, 12th? Like, Correct, 11th. Bit, yep, you know, it does happen. There, there are, there's no certainty at all. <laughs> uh, George Ebel, Ebel writes, uh, Stephen Jennings from DeKalb County High School in Tennessee. Do you think he goes in the first round? I would say probably not in the first round, but there is. he does have a lot of helium yeah. as far as a guy who uh, tore his right ACL last year in September playing quarterback. Uh, for his high right? football team was his right. Yeah, I've got a couple guys on that okay. one. So right ACL tear and then wound up. Uh, he's come back quickly and pitching with a knee brace and two-plus pitches at least. Athlete, good makeup. But when you come back from a knee injury like that, uh, we hear good things about Jennings. I think he's 45 on the list. Don't see him in the first round, but deals can be made. Um, it only, only takes one. Yeah. It only takes one team. George also answered um, when Franco Sanchez asked, who's the purest five-tooler in this draft? George answered Jordan Adele. Jordan Adele's probably pretty close to the best five-tool guy. I mean, Royce yeah, Lewis is in that category there's, as well. Uh, there's a question on, on here do you, asking to compare Jordan Adele and Austin Beck. Right? That might not be a lightning round answer. That's not. That's, yeah, that's not a lightning round answer. But, yeah, I mean, I think that if you're if you're buying into what Jordan Adele has done this spring, which the caveat is the competition is not the same that he faced last summer when he did have uh, more swing and miss. And he's gotten better. He has absolutely gotten better. If you look at his performance this spring versus his performance last spring, it's night and day. The guy has 21 home runs and seven strikeouts. That's he has, crazy. He has 21 home runs and 14 singles. That's Paven. That's Paven Smith esque. He has more. He has a lot more home runs than singles. Yeah, that's insane. He's that's, elevating and celebrating a lot. Hat tip to Hunter Green who taught me that <laughs> phrase. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I think pure five tools. It's Hammer Austin back. Um, Royce Lewis also in that discussion. But his power is lower than those other two guys, so that, that's probably why we rate behind him. Um, Chase Tidwell asks, could J.J. Schwartz go to the second round? If he does fall that far, does he go back to school? Chase, I think he'd be excited to go in the second round. He doesn't catch. I, I feel like I'm negative on J.J. Schwartz, and I apologize for sounding so negative on J.J. Schwartz. I never understood where who thought this guy was going to be a first-round pick after last year. After his freshman year, I've talked to scouts to say, after his freshman year, if you thought he could catch and you saw that kind of power, but he does not catch. He hasn't shown consistent power to perform. I don't think – where do we have him, the 200? Do we have him, he's, the 200? I don't believe he's on there. I don't think he's on the that, 200. And, so. and, and there's, there's, okay, there's ways to talk about this, right? Like, is, was he, is it right for him to ever be uh, discussed as a first-round pick? Probably not. So let's, let's forget about that. What does this guy do? Right. This guy – Crushes mistakes. He shows you streaky power. He's got legitimate home run power. To all fields if he had that approach. So he he, the he's interesting. He's one of the 300 best players in the class. That's that's a good player. So we don't need to... That's, that's a great way to put we it. We don't need to say, well, screw him. He's not a first-rounder. I mean, like, this guy's a good baseball player. Yeah, it's, I'm it's definitely just, saying screw the people. N- n- I'm, not I'm, you saying I'm, that, but, I'm, but I'm I saying, know people I'm knocking are saying. the people who thought he was a first-rounder in the first place... Coming into the year, there were not scouts who had him that way. Yeah. I think it was just um, so that's what that's really what gets to me. Agreed. The defense Agreed. is the issue because he's really a first baseman in college. He doesn't catch much in college, and probably at Florida this year, he's the third catcher because Mike Rivera was the everyday guy. And when Mike Rivera got hurt, I don't remember the, how you pronounce the guy's name. Cole Savari. Cole Savari. Mark Cole Savari. Cole Savari is the catcher who catches now. So. K.J. Harrison and J.J. Schwartz were lumped in a category for me coming into the year as right-handed hitting first baseman who it would improve their draft stock a lot if they caught. 
KJ Harrison actually has still performed and has performed better and is in the top 200. JJ Schwartz remains a streaky hitter and is less athletic than KJ Harrison. And KJ has caught a couple times. And there are scouts I've talked to in the Northwest who see him where you would sign him and send him out as a catcher. Yeah. I don't get that sense for JJ Schwartz that he's going to be sent out as a catcher. 100% getting the same. So I, I, I apologize for being negative on JJ. Good kid. Uh, no, I wasn't. Well, didn't mean but to say that you, you were uh, you were criticizing. Him. I know, but I, but the, I think that's what I come happens. on strong. I think that's what happens is is fans sometimes get some somehow someone writes an article and gives them the wrong perception. I don't think it's us, honestly. I don't think it's us that has yeah. ever really been like JJ Schwartz's first rounder. But there's a misperception sometimes with some of these players, and and that's not fair to JJ Schwartz. JJ Schwartz is a good player. He's a top three hundred player. That's right. that's that's what that's it a great is. way to put it. Which of these questions do you want to take last? That Jeff Sullivan says. Matt Tabor. Um, Jeff's obviously involved in the Northeast baseball bit. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's, um, he's a big... Uh, did you want to talk Weston Bizzle and Mason Hickman? I mean, Weston Bizzle strikes out a lot of guys, but he's a shorter... The business. Yeah, I love, yeah. love Weston Bizzle. It's a lot of swings and misses. Not, not a big-time guy for me. This, um, is, this is no 2013 Tennessee prep class. Let's, let's start out with that right there. No, it's, Mason Hickman, it's not. It's Mason solid. Hickman's headed to uh, Vanderbilt. Our reports of the velocity is not necessarily at its best. So yeah, I mean, um, I think with Mason Hickman, he's he's a little bit like uh, Luca Delatri in, hmm. in a, a little, little bit of ways. Where he can, I think he could go to school and be an impact performer right away. I like that comp. Um, big physical guy, long and back, um, big uh, weighted ball guy. Okay. Um, Really, really good kid. Like well, Mason Hickman a lot. Charles Santos um, wants to know where you see Mark, who I assume he's related to. Yeah. Um, Vientos not the most common last name. No, <laughs> not like no. Smith. Um, but yeah, Mark Vientos. Vientos with with him, you're really you're buying a bat. Um, the there are questions on his his defensive uh, ability long term, where he's going to land, uh, and I think those are legitimate questions. For me, I see him as a third baseman or a corner outfielder. Uh, some have been harsh enough to say he's going to move to first, which I, I think is think is a little too much. Uh, I think you got to try him at those other ones first because he's got you know an electric arm. Um, but I think this guy can really hit the ball and do some damage. He hasn't uh, he hasn't necessarily I think learned to get to his power to where he's uh, to what you're going to expect from him when he's a man when he's 23 24. He's also a 17 year old draft, okay. so I think I'm I'm a little more comfortable projecting him him and Heliot Ramos um, two 17 year old drafts really really young players. But I'm a big personally I'm a big Mark Vientos fan. Um, I don't see him lasting past the second round. Uh, I think he'll probably go either in the back of the first sandwich round, early second. Scouting reports, rankings, lists, features. We've got a lot coming in the next month plus here at BaseballAmerica.com. When it comes to the 2017 draft, this is the guy who's driving the train for us, Hudson Belinsky, but the whole team. Working on this, J.J. Cooper, Michael Anna, Carlos Calazzo. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, would sing, single out Carlos's work has has yep. really helped us this year. Yep. Um, not that any everyone I think has really done a great job on this. Like Kyle is crushing it in Southern California. Mike just had a really good call yesterday. Who's really helped us out in the Southeast. And Ted Cahill is going to be bringing up the train in uh, Florida and yeah, uh, Georgia Ted, as well. So yeah, Teddy is, Teddy's doing good work too, especially with the college players and adding perspective right. on that. So like honestly, hundred percent. Echo, echo your sentiment that staff is crushing it. It takes Very a village to uh, to cover the draft. So uh, that's how we do it at Baseball America. That's how we've done it for a long time. That's how we'll keep doing it. We hope you keep consuming it uh, here at BaseballAmerica.com and on our Facebook page. And if I can call up the read, I'll give you the read to, to end this thing. 
but I, I didn't have the read ready. So I, I thought it was on my screen, and it's not on my screen. But we are sponsored <laughs> by all of our podcasts and all of our Facebook lives by Baseballism, the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit the retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, Scottsdale, Arizona, or their new locations in Chicago and Atlanta. Visit Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017, and save 20% off your order to get shirts like these, hats like this, and all their gear. So for Hudson and for Linwood Webb, I'm John Manuel. See you next time at Baseball America and BaseballAmerica.com. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.